0: Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business, a.k.a. Money Compton. Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a safe and sound new year. I know we're still in the middle of a pandemic. I know it's a lot going on right now, so I can't thank you enough for being here and taking the time out to listen to this podcast. It's going to be an action-packed show. We got a lot of things to talk about today. So um, before we get started into it, you can definitely find me at Instagram at Money Compton. You can also Google us, Google me, I should say, at S-P-O-R-T-Z, B-I-Z, N-E-S-S, I'm literally the first uh, result that you'll find out there. And, you know, we can get this thing cracking like some broken bones this 2021. So without further ado, um, we definitely got to talk about a couple of things that took place. You know, week 17, Um, a lot of the seeding stuff took place for the NFL playoffs that are going to start this Saturday for Wild Card Weekend. Um, I know it's going to be really, really exciting. But one thing that was very tricky or interesting, I should say, was the... The whole incident with the Washington football team against the Philadelphia Eagles. For those who don't know, on the East Coast, they know the game was a little late. Uh, it was late in the game where I believe the Philadelphia Eagles were only down by, I think, two, uh, three points. So the score was about 50, uh, 17 to 14. And Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, decided to go with their third string quarterback, uh, Nate Sutcliffe. And basically kind of almost gave the game away to the Washington football team. And why so many people are upset was because, you know, Doug Peterson had a legitimate chance of winning that game. And he kind of gave it away because he, quote unquote, wanted to see what the Nate Suttlefield guy had to offer. And he felt like that guy gave him the best chance of winning the game. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, uh, Jalen Hurts, who basically got the starting nod over Carson Wentz. Uh, late uh, a few weeks ago, um, he didn't play a bad game. He had two rushing touchdowns. Um, and he, he kept the game, he kept the team um, in the game where they had an opportunity of winning the game. Um, not to mention, you know, he's also a rookie. So we don't, you know, this is a good chance to see if Jalen Hurts has what it is to be a long term co- quarterback, not only for the Philadelphia Eagles, but also just in the NFL alone. So it was just very, very, very interesting to see how. <clears throat> that took place and doug peterson saying that i personally think that that was just a horrific decision to do such a thing like that um not to mention the giants uh, the giants they they're they're salty because if the giants would have or if the giants if the football team of washington would have lost the game that means the giants would have been a playoff team and they would have actually sewed up the nfc east division so um i don't know if i'm roger goodell i'd definitely be looking into this because it looks like they almost gave the game away and kind of fix the game if you ask me so um, that being said if i'm roger goodell i'm probably suspend or not suspending but definitely giving doug peterson a, at least a, at a, mil, a, a at a minimum million dollar fine just for that because that made no sense um even if you're looking at a strategic uh, strategic view of the game that just made no sense on how that even played out so I, I don't know what he was thinking um his answers didn't even sound like it but at the end of the day he has to look at his players in the locker room with that uh, that sorry excuse that he gave the media to say what exactly took place. So I don't know what 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 the players result or response was, but I, if I was a player in that locker room, I wouldn't believe it. And if I'm Jalen Hurts, I also would be feeling some type of way too, because you kept the team. He kept the team along uh, along along the, the way, of give him a chance to win. So it's just really really interesting to see what really took place. So or how that's going to play out. That being said. Another disappointment yesterday was the Dallas Cowboys. I felt like they they laid an egg and they kind of got somewhat of hosed, if some may say so, out of, uh, out of a possibility of probably even being in the playoffs. But that really didn't matter because by the time the Cowboys were done playing, the football team in Washington played Sunday night. So it really didn't matter. But there was just some questionable calls. Um, the one that kind of got me was the Andy Dalton interception late in the fourth quarter where he basically threw it on his back foot on third and goal. And I just didn't understand why he was trying to press so bad when he had he had basically two downs, two more downs. He had third, down, third and goal and fourth and goal. Why he threw it literally a, a, a jump ball out off of his back foot and basically had an interception, that really didn't make any sense to me. Then you also had the part where the running back of the Giants, uh, Gallman – gallman i believe is his name he fumbles the ball and they say that he basically landed on the ball and that that there was no more progress but i don't know i play football a little bit and i know what a fumble when i see one and i also know what a clean recovery looks like and neither one of them two took place so i know if i'm Cowboys, cowboys nation i'd be a little bit salty but Um, The question really has to be, what does the the Cowboys do? Um, Ezekiel Elliott didn't really look good this year. Um, The offensive line was was really banged up. Dak Prescott, you know, he got hurt. But that was still, even with Dak Prescott gone, Andy Dalton did have a good season. But it was the offensive line, so I don't know what Jerry Jones wants to do if he wants to – draft another lineman or does he want to go with another possibly a linebacker another linebacker because i'm gonna be honest with you i don't know if laden vanderish is a a long-term solution because he reminds me of sean lee that's sean Lee 2.0 because he can't stay on the field because he's never healthy so i don't know what you got to do to help jalen smith out but he you definitely got to take address the linebacking um situation there i think the secondary is good with digs out there uh Chinuzue was really really good as well so um i think that's fine and then also not to mention this was a defense that transitioned from a 3-4 defense down to a 4-3 defense with no offseason. so for what the defense had to work with i felt like they actually improved throughout the year and they actually kind of got it together towards the back end of the year um i know the first couple of weeks was really really horrendous but um I don't know what the what the Cowboys are going to need to do, but I, I would either be looking at an offensive lineman or probably a linebacker because that what they had was just was just ludicrous out there. And they're just literally wasting talent when you got possibly the a chance of having three one thousand three players, three wide receivers that have the potential of going off for a thousand yards within Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb and also Michael Gallup. You also have Ezekiel Elliott, who. If he wants to get it together he can also be a thousand yard uh, running back as well so you have all of this talent all over the field but yet there's nothing being um n- nothing's being produced so i know that's really really frustrating and i know it can be really really um uh it hurts to be a cowboy fan but i'll tell you what it don't hurt no more than being a raider fan and i'll definitely get into them a little bit later um but with that being said, um, we definitely have some uh, some playoff football coming up this weekend, and the games the, the games on the slate look really, really, really interesting. I'm not even gonna lie, um, we got some games that I mean, we got the Saturday alone. We got the the Colts against the Buffalo Bills. I'm gonna be honest with you, the Indianapolis Colts this year are probably the most they. And, you know, where I'm from, I'm from the Bay, and you know when we think of people who um, who, who 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 talks the talk but can't walk the walk? A picture of the Indianapolis Colts could be out there. This team went eleven and five, and this is probably the most uh, I want to say overrated, but the least scariest team probably in the tournament outside of the Washington Football Team. So you have the Washington Football Team on the NFC side, and then you also have the Indianapolis Colts on the AFC side. Indianapolis Colts, like I said, this all, all from from being. From him being at San Diego Charger, even to this year with his first year being at uh, Indianapolis, Philip Rivers like as long as the team keeps starting Philip Rivers a quarterback, they they don't have a chance of winning long term. And I think the Buffalo Bills out here throwing up a fifty six spot yesterday definitely uh, awakened me, and I definitely take them a little a lot more serious than a lot more people aren't uh, giving them credit for. So I'm gonna, I mean, Buffalo's a really really good team. Um, Josh Allen is definitely slaying the ball around. Stephon Diggs has become a, a, a cream of the crop receiver who, who should be um, arguably one of, you know in the talks as far as one of being, being one of the best wide receivers in the game. Um, his route running is pure. He can just go down the field really, really fast, and he's been a great, great, great team leader out there. So I got the Bills in that. You got the Los Angeles Rams against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I know everyone was so hyped. Even myself was on the Seattle Seahawks bandwagon earlier this season. Um, but they, they've kind of just been a very, very inconsistent team within the last six weeks of the year. So I don't know which Seattle Seahawks team they're getting. I don't even know if Jared Goff is going to be uh, playing this this Saturday as well with that dislocated thumb. And somebody asked me earlier this morning, you know, is Goff a long-term solution for the Rams? And my answer probably is no, he's just too inconsistent. Um, he turns the ball over too much. Um, he plays he, he, he plays like he's timid. And I don't know how that's gonna work out when you have two potential Hall of Fame players on the defensive side of the ball within uh, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, who are legitimately franchise changers in, in, on the defensive side of the ball. And you got a guy who who's just very pedestrian on the offensive side of the ball where they play a little conservative because they have a quarterback who can't drive the ball down the field. So I don't know how this is gonna work out, but I think I got Seattle coming in just because I don't know, I'm assuming uh, uh, Jared Goff is going to be playing this Saturday. Um, I I would imagine that he is, but you know, time will tell. Then you, on the primetime game, you have the Washington football team against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, it's Tom Brady's first playoff run without, at, without being a New England Patriots. So, um, the Washington football team, they, they have a great defense, but they can't put no points up on the board. And I I expect, uh, TB 12 and the boys to figure it out and get it together. Uh, 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 Saturday night. So we'll see what ends up happening with that. And then Sunday, you got Baltimore and Tennessee. I think that's probably going to be the best game of the weekend. Um, I think that's just two, two teams that's going to, that's going to hit hard. That's going to figure it out. Um, you got Derrick Henry out here, uh, rushing for, for 2,000 yards, uh, this, this season. Um, you got, uh, Brian Tannehill, who's been able to drive the ball down the field. You got AJ Brown, who got a great defense. And then on the, on the, on the Baltimore side, you got to see what, uh, what Lamar Jackson and the boys are going to cook up because they laid an egg last year against this very same uh, Tennessee team. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens are able to respond back to such a terrible, uh, terrible playoff uh, debut last year. So we'll see how that ends up going. Then you also have the Bears against the Saints. Um, The Bears, I I don't know how they squeaked, squeaked into the playoffs, but that's another team that I don't know. I don't know how bad this is going to be, and I hope there's some sort of mercy rule um, barring that uh, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas are able to play for the Saints this weekend. That should be really, really good, but I got the Saints in that probably by a touchdown, 10 points. Then you got the Cleveland Browns against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I'm not going to lie. I've been kind of you know I've, I've looked at baker mayfield a little different and i've always been very very critical of baker mayfield but he's kind of buckled down this year he's gotten it together he's been able to play a lot better so um you know i wouldn't be surprised if the cleveland brown somehow are able to beat pittsburgh just because pittsburgh is just so beat up on the defensive side of the ball i just don't know how they're gonna i don't know how they're gonna be able to do it but um i, I hope mike tomlin is able to figure it out um, but I got. I got I'm gonna I'm go with the upset, and I'm gonna say Cleveland's gonna be able to to do something. I know Ben Roethlisberger didn't play last week or yesterday, um, yesterday's game against the Browns. So it was somewhat of a, a scrimmage game for them, a preseason game. So we'll see what kind of what kind of adjustments uh, Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers have been able to make. But uh, it's gonna be really really interesting to see what ends up happening. So um, the playoffs are gonna be really cool uh, with that extra wildcard team it just lets another team and another team in and playoffs you just never know you just got to find this the team that's hot at the moment and get them at the right time and see what ends up happening so it's going to be really really interesting and i know kansas city and green bay are sitting back um kansas city practically almost have two weeks time off because they didn't play a lot of their starters yesterday so it's going to be really really interesting to see what those two once one seeds are, are, are looking at so um i don't know we'll, we'll see what ends up happening and um Moving along, we got to talk a little basketball. Um, I know basketball hasn't really been talked about a lot this season so far in this young, young, young season. Um, an interesting season, too. And, you know, I'm a diehard Warrior fan, and I got to talk about Steph Curry going off for 62, a career-high 62 last night. And this is such a big deal that people are kind of sleeping on it because it literally just showed, you know, Steph kind of put the league back on notice to let him know he's probably the great, not only the greatest shooter of all time, But he's also that dude. And, you know, a lot of people have given him the knock that he can't win on his own and whatnot. But, you know, you don't you don't see people out here just dropping 62 and at the age of 32 as well. And The last person that actually did that uh, was Kobe Bryant. So the two oldest people to ever drop 60 are Kobe Bryant and Steph Curry. So when you start talking about the realms of being in the same senses as Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, um, you know, you got you gotta, you gotta to you got to you got to start putting some respect on that man's name. Also, if I'm Bob Myers and Joe Lake of the GM and the owner of the Golden State Warriors and you're talking about you want to win right now, Kelly Ar- Rubre as well as Andrew Wiggins is not going to cut it and it's not going to be what they need to win this season. I'm going to tell you that right now, that's not going to work. And the longer that Kelly Arrube and Andrew Wiggins are on this Warriors team, it's actually hurting not only the Warriors, but it's also hurting both of their trade value. Um, you know, Andrew Wiggins has played a little bit better a couple of a couple of games now, but Kelly Rubray was supposed to be somebody who dropped. I think he averaged about 18 points last season with the Phoenix Suns. Um, he hasn't really panned out well. Um, you know, and I the, the 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 bench for the Warriors has just been really, really, really downright just about no disrespect to the nba g league but a whole bunch of g league players you know you got pascal who can't play a lick of defense you got uh uh basemore who's coming out you got wanamaker you got a lot of players that are that borderline two-way contract players that just aren't really you know you just don't know what you're gonna get but if joe Lacob and and, and, uh, uh bob myers are talking about they need a win now you have an additional first round draft pick that came from the Andrew Wiggins trade, which is top three protected, which means that if the the Minnesota Timberwolves somehow end up with the top three pick uh, this year, they'll get the draft pick back. But ne- the following season, it's unprotected, which means however bad they do, the, it, it automatically goes to work. So they basically have an additional lottery pick. At the end of the day, I hate to say it, but it might be time to start maybe possibly picking up the phone and reaching out to uh, – Houston to see if they want to move James Harden because at a minimum you can ship Harden or you can ship Wiggins the first round draft pick and the Warriors first round draft pick to even see if that's what Houston wants because what I what what's been said is that Houston wants draft picks and if you're able to wrap two draft two first rounders in the pick I mean with Houston I don't even think in hat I don't even think Houston has a first round draft pick and that's a team that you know is going to be on the out could be on the outside looking in you never know um, you might want to start looking to pick up that phone call. But I know uh, I've been very, very, very critical of how the Warriors have been operating this year. And everyone said, you know, let's see how Draymond comes back and see how the team looks then. But even with Draymond coming back, I think that's still not even enough. If you're talking about you want to compete now, we already know that Clay Thompson is going to be out this year with the torn Achilles. Um, that's two years in a row with no clay. Uh Steph has been is this is Steph's first year pretty or practically first year back um, after pretty much being out all last season. Not to mention Draymond's been, he hasn't played in nine months. So you have J- James Wiseman, who's been the the a bright light. I mean, the kid has definitely got all the tools to be probably a second coming of Chris Bosch um, if he knows how to play, if he knows, to, if he knows how to slow down and play play. And when I say slowing down, you know, college players, they play 100 miles per hour, not to mention. James Wiseman only played like two or three college basketball games before he was deemed ineligible. So there's also that. So um, if the Warriors want to win now, they need to start making some moves because the season is going to go by a lot faster. The West is too stacked. I mean, you got teams like uh, Sacramento, you got, the uh, you got the Dallas Mavericks that's coming up from the rear, you got San Antonio that's always in the mix, you got Denver Nuggets, You got the Utah Jazz. You got practically a whole entire West Coast, Western Conference that's going to be out there gunning for a top eight or top top one of the top eight teams to go ahead on the West side to try to get into the playoffs. So the Warriors definitely got a lot of work to do. Um, I like what I'm seeing from the Lakers. Um, It's too early to tell, but the Lakers look like they're probably even a better team than last year. Um, Interested to see how Christoph Porzingis comes back with the Mavericks um, and see how they kind of shape up and get it together. Um, and and on the east side, you know, the Miami Heat, they've been kind of they've been moving along a little quietly. Um, for me, I don't know why I feel like the Bucks have been super duper inconsistent this year. Um, I want to see what they do. Um, I'm not even sold with Doc Rivers on the Sixers yet. I, I, I'll wait to see how playoffs look. You can't sleep on the Toronto Raptors. Boston Rich, looks really good with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So you got a lot of different pieces, and you know, you take the take the Lakers outside of the realm. It's anybody's ball game, really. To, to try try to cause maybe an upset or anybody from the East. But, you know, you take the Lakers out, I'm not really sold on the Clippers. You can't be out here losing by 51 points at halftime talking about you got championship aspirations. I don't care who you play. That can't happen at all. Um, So we'll see what ends up happening. But uh, it's going to be an interesting basketball season for sure with, you know, I think only three teams are out allowing uh, a limited capacity of fans at games right now. So um, here's to happy NBA season and we'll see what ends up going on. But, uh Moving along, we also have the uh, the 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 the, it's called the college play college football playoff. I like to call it the Ohio State University, Alabama and the Clemson Invitational. I feel like those three are always in the college football playoffs every year. And every now and then you get a team, you get a fourth team and chances are usually it's (sighs) Notre Dame. Notre Dame at this time. I don't know what the college football playoff, what the qualifications are to be on this committee, who deems who the top four teams are, but I feel like all of those people on that committee need to be relieved of their duties as of last Friday. The fact that they thought that it was a good idea to put North uh, Notre Dame out there as the fourth fourth best team in the nation, which is a downright joke of the system, it basically. De- incentivize, or basically it disvalu- It puts a devalue on any other teams um, that are out there. And when I say that is because you had a team like Texas A&M that was really, really good. You had Cincinnati that played hard against Georgia. That would have been a good game to see. And we, get, keep, we keep giving Notre Dame a chance. And the reason – I don't know why. I, I really don't know why we keep giving Notre Dame a chance when a team that keeps losing by an average of, I believe it's 19, 20 points, and this is supposed to be a top-four team every year – why are we doing this? Because allegedly they have a huge fan base. I don't know about y'all, but I have a nice range of friends from all over the country. Different, different type of backgrounds, different type of age groups, different locations. I ain't never met a Notre Dame fan that's in ever, ever. I think I know one person. So they always say they have a huge fan going, but I don't I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. They, they haven't done anything since 1988. I think it was like a year old. Um, I was one years old when the Notre Dame Fighting Irish were, were relevant. Um, they keep getting smoked in every everything they do. And it's really just a reason why I kind of just tune out when it comes down to college football. Because it just doesn't make any sense why they keep giving Notre Dame a chance. They have no business being in there. And, and then the notion is, well, who else would you have put in there? Well, I mean, you could have put in Texas a and like, I want to see a, a, another school get another chance. Give another team a crack. And everyone's saying, well, you know, Alabama would have done the same thing to anybody else um, who they played outside of Notre Dame. Be that as it may, we haven't seen that happen yet. So we don't necessarily know if that's true or not. It Chances are it probably could happen. But we're tired of also seeing Notre Dame just taking up free, taking up free rent space. So it just makes no sense to me um, why they're doing this. Um, but... It was just atrocious to see that it was just definitely a waste of time, Um, you know, for that to be a college football playoff game. That was just really ridiculous. Um, And it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever, man. Like I just it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating for a common fan or a casual fan to get into it when you see blowouts like that. Um, Even though Ohio State uh, Clemson game was really interesting. A lot of people can say that. Clemson or the Ohio state university had no reason being in there as well, being the fact that they only played six games, but I mean, they, they, they kind of, I don't, you know, they struggled against Northwestern in a uh, big 10 championship in Indianapolis last week. Um, but they kind of made up for that. And, you know, Justin Fields, he got it together and figured it out and they made it happen. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how the Notre Dame Alabama game shapes up for the final next week. Um, really really interested to see how that goes really excited to see how that plays out but the college football playoff committee all of them need to be relieved and they really need to start looking into this and honestly i don't know why they have these little uh the the ranking show every week because none of them rankings count they don't mean nothing until the absolutely last weekend uh or the last week of the college football season so i don't even know why they're announcing it every every portion of the year just don't even like leave the suspense and just don't tell nobody Who's the top four team? Just roll out the the top 25 teams at the beginning of the season and then just leave it at that and let teams figure it, you know, announce it then. But this whole notion that you got to tell what teams are what right now just doesn't make any sense. But, you know, that's for another day, another time. So uh, with that being said, it is time drum roll for the sports business podcast, big dummy of the day and the big dummy of the day, easily hands down. Gotta be Josh Jacobs, the running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, my beloved Las Vegas Raiders, bro. What was you thinking, dog? Like, how did you get a DUI right after you got off the plane? A one-hour plane ride from riding from Denver, Colorado to Las Vegas, and you didn't got a, D- a DUI? Like, what was you? What were you thinking? I mean, literally, the airport ain't but like five, ten minutes away from your house. I'm, I'm assuming um it just doesn't make any sense, and it's just irresponsible. But you know, uh, this is what happens when you play in Vegas and, and you live here in Vegas. Things like this just get reckless. But, you know, he's probably going to get suspended uh, the beginning of next season. Um, year number three in a rookie contract. He's got to play, you know, he's got to sit there and try to play out for a big deal out when he's coming off of his rookie deal. So, um, and this guy was a pro bowler and he, he rushed for a thousand yards again this season. And th- this is what you do. Um, just really, really irresponsible, man. Just, just. Could have just called an uber you could have did a lot of different things but driving under the influence just doesn't make any sense whatsoever man so um brandon jake uh, josh jacobs i hope uh you know you get the help that you need but you got to be the sports business podcast w of the day man it's just it's just it's just no read no need for that but that being said i hope everyone is able to, was able to enjoy the show we're gonna run it back next week we're probably gonna do it while the national championship is going like i said happy new year to everybody we're gonna keep doing this strong i hope everyone has a great bounce back year because that's all i want is to see nothing but every i want to see everybody win and i want to see everybody happy and i also want to see everybody being safe and sound that being said you can find me on the gram again at monday compton you can also email the show at sportsbusiness at gmail.com and other than that we out of here Sure.